the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where New Life in Christ is celebrated, and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. I'm Pastor Eric. Today on our podcast, we are moving into week five of our devotional series. The last four weeks have been about Advent leading up to Christmas. If you have not listened to those, I invite you to go and do that now. And now we turn our attention toward the season of Christmas. Now that Jesus is here, we are exploring the implications of his presence in our world. Well, this week, our passage is from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that we may, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction in the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. We live in a world that is incredibly violent and competitive. Some of us buy into this competitiveness and violence wholesale. That doesn't mean that we are physically violent. Very few of us actually use physical violence. Violence isn't just physical violence, but violence is a way of approaching others and ourselves that seeks to dominate or to wield power over others or ourselves. Violence attempts to force an idea or desire onto others. Violence is aggressively demeaning ourselves. Jesus connects our mindset with violence in the Sermon on the Mount. He shows how the command, do not commit murder, has less to do with the actual act of murder and more to do with the emotions within our hearts. He says, if you've ever been angry or said a cross word about somebody, you've already committed murder in your heart. Violence is a mindset that we wield. Our politics in the United States are built on violence. Again, not physical violence, but our politics operates with a mindset of win at all costs. From backroom scheming to rousing the base with lies and disinformation, gerrymandering, demonizing, and the like, these are all used by politicians to gain power and to keep power. This is violence. We use the same kind of violence in our own lives. We try to get the best of our kids or our spouse to get them to do what we need or what we want them to do. We try to get our way at work over our coworkers. We think that others are wrong and that we're right and that we need to show that we are right. These are all violent ways to approach others. In a world that is so violent, God promises to the prophet Isaiah a peaceful kingdom. He says in Isaiah chapter 2 that the mountain of the Lord, which is a theme for Eden, Jerusalem, and the temple, and the heavens itself, will rise above all others. That is, it will rule the world. This prophecy goes on to say that the nation's swords will be beat into plowshares and that there will be no use for swords or violence between nations. This is one of my favorite images in Isaiah. These weapons of war are taken and reworked to be tools to harvest food. What once destroyed life is now used to gather food and to give life. This vision of the future shows us that our tools of destruction will be transformed into tools with which we are an asset to each other. We do not do this well. We are a people of violence and we celebrate violence. Our violence ultimately does not serve others. Sometimes we try to twist things to make it look or feel like that, but anger and violence really only serves us. 
We feel better and stronger and more righteous than others because we think we're right. And we think we have a right to use violence and to be aggressive. This is violence. Christ shows us another way. Christ shows us that we can work to be an asset to those around us. Jesus said that the Son of Man, that is, he himself, did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus' way is a way of nonviolent resistance to the power structures. He allowed himself to be overcome by violence in order to save others. His most scandalous statements and actions were said and done out of peaceful action. Peace was central to Jesus' mission. Paul continues this theme by saying that Christians are ambassadors of Christ and are ambassadors to the peace made between God and humans and the peace made between one another. When Jesus was born, angels were sent to shepherds on a hillside outside of Bethlehem. They proclaimed the good news that the Messiah was born to this group of scruffy sheep herders. And during their declaration, they pronounced peace on earth and goodwill toward men. These angels were pronouncing that the prophecy that God gave to Isaiah is fulfilled. On that day, all those years ago, God came to earth as a baby, and that baby was a king. The angels were pronouncing that the gentleness and the peacefulness of a baby is the same kind of gentleness and peacefulness with which Jesus would lead the cosmos. Peace on earth. It's almost hard to imagine it. If Jesus is the one who institutes peace to our world, we must look to him to find out exactly what it means to have peace. Jesus lived his life peacefully. This peaceful life was marked by confidence in God's provision, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the decision that people are more important than winning or success. Peace does not mean doting all over other people and being nice all the time. Jesus wasn't nice all the time. In fact, he seems downright mean sometimes. So peace can't just be being nice to people. Peace also isn't letting others walk all over you. Peace is not passivity. One of my favorite books tells the true story of a village in France during World War II. This village was filled with Protestant pacifists and was led by the schoolmaster and the pastor of the community. During World War II, this village harbored and smuggled many Jews out of Germany through their little village. They housed Jews in their houses and were active in their attempts to save the lives of Jews. During the Nazi occupation of France, they were under much scrutiny. SS officers and officials would come and interrogate the leaders, and the leaders never lied. They would say plainly that they were in fact harboring Jews. But they didn't lose any of these Jews to the Nazi officers. This village never used violence, they never lied, and they had a strict moral and ethical code. When asked how pacifism would help the Nazi problem, the schoolmaster answered, and I'm paraphrasing here, it's too late for peace now. There must be war against the Nazis. The place for peace was before, when war could have been stopped. For this village, peace and pacifism was not passivity, but was an active and proactive resistance to violence and hate. Peace wasn't letting others walk all over you, but deciding that setting boundaries and staying within them is the best way to operate in the world. Peace in our own lives can only be accomplished by trust in God's care for us. Peace takes a lot of effort, and peace takes a lot of proactivity to do it the way that Jesus did. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and in his kingdom, there is peace. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.